Hello, today I want to introduce you to my good friend Simon Potter. He's an excellent Bible teacher and uh, he's part of the ministry team at Oxford Bible Church. Get ready to be blessed. It's my pleasure to be with you here on Into the Word. I'm looking forward to sharing the Word of God with you today. Probably in your experience as a Christian, you've come across bumper stickers for cars, fridge magnets, all kinds of paraphernalia, and Christians like to have verses, promises, beautiful promises from the Word of God. And maybe you've got some at home. Maybe you've got one on your mirror at home, one on the fridge. Maybe you've got that sticker on, on the back of your car. And we love those promises. You know, the Bible is full of beautiful promises from God himself, from the mouth of God. And we, we feast on those promises. We love those promises. And we like to repeat those promises, to, to meditate upon them. They're a blessing to us, aren't they? And I've got a beautiful promise for you today from the mouth of Jesus himself. This is a promise that maybe it might not make the t-shirt or the fridge magnet or the, the bumper sticker for your car, but it's a promise nonetheless. It's coming from the mouth of Jesus himself. And we find it in John 16, 33. This is such a powerful verse, and I'm really looking forward to sharing this message with you. Jesus says in John 16, 33, in the world, in this world, you will have trouble. Isn't that a beautiful promise? Isn't that something that just warms your heart and makes you feel good all over? Thank you, Jesus, for that beautiful promise. This is what he told us we would have. So let's get the fridge magnet ready. Let's get the bumper sticker out. In this world, we will have trouble. You know, one thing that I love about the Christian faith is that it is so realistic. It's so realistic about the world that we, that we are living in. Jesus said this to his disciples not long before he went to the cross. They were about to be, to be left by him. And he gave them that beautiful, comforting promise, in the world, you will have trouble. Trouble is a reality. And we're going to look at uh, certain things relating to trouble here, because Jesus used a particular word here in John 16. In the Greek language, we have in our New Testaments this word translated tribulation. I'm using the New King James Version, but that Greek word is thlipsis, thlipsis. And that word, well, we don't say tribulation in our daily lives very much. How many of us are tribulating? But maybe some of us are in some trouble. Beyond the word trouble, we might use the word pressure, because really, pressure is an excellent translation of, of the Greek word and the verb from which it is taken. Pressure. If you can imagine, and I think perhaps certain movies may come to your mind about the heroes of the movie, they find themselves in a tight spot, they find themselves in this... Uh, compactor, the trash compactor. The walls are closing in on them. They're about to be turned into uh, a small cube of refuse. 
and ejected into outer space. This is a good picture, a mental picture that would help to describe the word thlipsis for us. Thlipsis is the walls closing in on us, everything compressing in on us. It is a huge pressure from outside. In the time that Jesus was speaking, in the time that the New Testament was written, there was a, a certain punishment that could be uh, given to criminals where a large rock was lowered upon them and it gradually crushed the life out of them. This is thlipsis. This is tribulation, also translated sometimes in our New Testament with the word affliction. Well, afflicted, tribulated, troubled is a word we might use more in our daily lives, isn't it? Pressured. Are we under pressure? We live in a world that is a pressure cooker. There, in modern life, uh, although technology is supposed to have brought us uh, an easier life, in fact, it's just brought us a more high-pressured life. And we are familiar with pressure. Jesus said, in this world, that's the Greek word cosmos, it's talking about the system that we're living in, the world order that we're living in. In this world, we are going to have trouble. I don't know about you, uh, I think this is the testimony for many people when they become believers in Jesus Christ, that suddenly it's as if the sky is bluer, the grass is greener, life takes on a whole new meaning, the birds are singing, everything is wonderful. And then suddenly the first trouble hits and suddenly we, we start to panic a little bit. Uh, our heart starts to beat a little faster. Hey, what's this? I thought the Christian life was, was supposed to be a glorious life, a wonderful life. And here is where Jesus' beautiful promise just comforts us. Relax, in this world you will have trouble. Trouble is normal. Pressure is normal because we are living in an environment, in an atmosphere where th that pressure is going to come from the outside. I like something that Peter says in 1 Peter, 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12. Peter talks to the believers who were having an intense persecution, uh, a pressure coming upon them, and he says to them, Beloved, beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you. No doubt reports came back to Peter and they were saying to Peter, Peter, what, what, what's wrong? What have we done to deserve this? Why, why, why? We could call this uh, the Tom Jones doctrine. I don't know why, 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 Delilah, why, why? And many times as Christians we we may ask those questions. Why? Why is this happening to me? Well, Jesus said, you're in this world. And in this world, you will have pressure. It is a reality. You will have trouble. The reality of trouble. Aren't you glad you tuned into the program this week to hear all about trouble? Well, aren't you glad also that this is not the end of Jesus' promise? Jesus didn't just stop there. He didn't just promise us trouble but he also promised us uh, a way out of trouble. And that's the glorious thing that we 
uh, can rest in, that we can rejoice in, is that we have an answer to the trouble that we find ourselves in, in this world. So we see pressure coming in. Jesus says, in this world, you will have pressure. You know, I think of the psalmist in Psalm 34 who says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. But thank God the psalm doesn't stop there. He says, but the Lord God delivers him out of them all. Thank God. And Jesus also had a but with which he followed up the opening part uh, of what he said there. In the world, you will have pressure, you will have trouble, but. Trouble is a reality. There is the reality of trouble. But Jesus said, but cheer up. Be of good cheer. Now that seems totally contrary to our natural way of thinking. In trouble, surely, that's not the time to cheer up. That is not the time for, for our countenance to rise, but it's the time for our countenance to fall. It's not the, the, the time for us to throw our shoulders back, but it's the time for our shoulders to, to sink forward and we begin to shrink in the midst of the pressure that we're facing. But Jesus says, no, 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 no. In the time of trouble, in the trouble that you inevitably, inevitably you will face in this world, do not shrink back. Do not look down, but cheer up. Cheer up. The Greek word there is the word tharseo. Uh, tharseo. And it means really to take courage. To take courage. We find this word in Matthew 14 and verse 27, a beautiful story that I'm sure many of you are familiar with. In that story, Jesus is walking on the water. It's very stormy. His disciples are concerned because of the storm and because they were fishermen, they were familiar with the water. You can imagine it was a real storm. It was unnerving them. And here comes Jesus walking on the water and they think it's a spirit. They think it's a ghost. And, and, and the first thing that Jesus said to them, he says to them, Tharsete. Same word, same word. In the New Testament, it's always used in the imperative as a command. Be of good cheer. Be of good cheer. And then he says, I am. I am. Translated in many translations, it is I. No, literally it says, I am. And then thirdly, he says, do not fear. You know, when Jesus said in John 16, 33, in this world you will have trouble, but cheer up. When they heard those words, surely it transported them back to that moment on the boat when they heard those words before, those comforting words. Jesus says, take courage, take courage. It's, it's me, I am. I am is still on the throne. Have we heard a loud noise? A deafening, earth-shaking sound, God falling off his throne. No, we haven't heard it yet. We're never going to hear it. I am that I am. He is God. He is our God. And so we do not need to be afraid. These are comforting words. Jesus says trouble is a reality, but he says it's your response to trouble that is key in the midst of the trouble that you're facing. And this is something I really want to encourage you today 
to check up on your response in the middle of troubling situations, troubling times, perhaps at your work, family situations, perhaps in your finances or your health. The temptation is very much, isn't it, for us to look down, to fear, to shrink back. But the words of Jesus stand firm down through the ages, ringing out eternal for us. And we can hear them today. Can you hear his voice saying to you, be of good cheer, take courage, don't shrink back. In this world, you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I am. I'm still on my throne. Don't fear. I'll see you through. If you'll just walk through this, putting your hand in my hand and walk through it my way. And what is my way? What is God's way? You know, the psalmist says in Psalm 2, he who sits in the heavens laughs at his enemies. In other words, he has a, a vantage point from above all the, the turmoil that's going on down below. And because he knows the end from the beginning, he can rejoice. He can laugh. He can cheer up in the face of trouble. That's really the title of this message today. Cheer up, here comes trouble. Here comes trouble. So cheer up. You know, if you know that you're about to receive a hard hit in the solar plexus, you don't shrink back, but rather you do something to, to tense up and to absorb the force of that. And in the same way, I'm not saying that we as Christians need to be tense all the time. We can walk in peace. But in the same way, we should be ready for trouble and we should be ready to respond to trouble the way that Jesus told us to be of good cheer because I am that I am is still our God and we don't need to fear. What can man do to us? What can separate us from the love of God? We're seated together with Christ in heavenly places. All of these are comforting thoughts to remind ourselves of when we're in the time of trouble. You know, moving on in 1 Peter 4, right after the verse that I quoted to you a little bit earlier, beloved, don't think it's strange when, when you're in a fiery trial. The next thing Peter says is, but rejoice. But rejoice to the extent that you are sharing in Christ's sufferings. What a statement that is. And Peter knew something about this. He knew something about Christ's sufferings and he knew something about persecution himself. And so he spoke to those believers from personal experience. And he said, but rejoice, rejoice to the extent that you're sharing in Christ's sufferings. Now, one day I was looking at this verse and I realized, hmm, there's, there's something uh, commensurate here in the same measure that you're that your experience the suffering, in other words, the, as heavy as the pressure is, that's how strong your response to that trouble needs to be. So if you've got a heavy pressure coming against you, don't just give a little hallelujah and wave your hand in the air. That is not to the extent that you are sharing in Christ's sufferings. But rejoice commensurate with an equivalent measure to the pressure that is coming against you. Respond from the inside out, releasing the force of the greater one who is the mighty Holy Spirit who lives inside you. Let him, let him out, let him loose on your trouble. Let him out to trouble your trouble. You know, there's a story in the Old Testament that very much helps us in understanding this. 
1 Samuel 30. David, not yet king, running from Saul for some time. He's living in a place called Ziklag. He comes back with his mighty men, his warriors. He comes back to town and he finds the place completely burnt. He finds uh, that, that he and his men have lost their loved ones. Their loved ones have been taken captive. And it says in 1 Samuel 30 and, 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 and verse 4, it, it says, Then David and the people who were with him lifted up their voices and they wept until they had no more power to weep. You know, Middle Eastern people can be very emotional and uh, you may have seen documentaries and so on. In the middle of tragedy, you see people uh, beating themselves. You see people tearing their clothes. You see the anguish, the agony on people's faces. And you can just see the reaction. It's, it, it's terrible. And so they cried and they cried until they had no more power to weep. That may be you today. Maybe you're in the middle of something and you've, you've cried all your tears. You're all cried out. You don't have anything left. The tear ducts have been exhausted. And this is what happened to them. But then it just got worse because in verse 6 it says that David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because the soul of all the people was grieved or literally it says it was bitter. People got bitter. Why is this happening to us? It's your fault, David. If we hadn't gone away, if we hadn't been fighting your battles, we wouldn't be in this situation. We would have been here to protect our loved ones. And there were all sorts of recriminations, and they were just ready to stone him. They were angry. They wanted to kill him. Every man was, was upset because they'd lost their children, their loved ones, their wives, their sons, their daughters. And then I love the end of verse 6, and it's so helpful to us. It says, but David strengthened himself in the Lord. That's all it says. It doesn't really explain how he strengthened himself in the Lord. But in that, I very much see what we've been studying in this program. John 16, 33, Jesus says, this is the reality of trouble. In this world, you will have pressure, trouble. You're in the pressure cooker. You will have trouble, but be of good cheer. Cheer up. Cheer up. Take courage. Don't shrink back, but rise up. Rejoice. Take heart. And you know, I'm sure David reminded himself in the middle of that situation, in the middle of the hostility that he was feeling from those who were close to him, that they were ready to stone him, he turned away from the circumstances and he locked into God. He focused on the Lord. It's so easy, isn't it, in, as we face trouble. It's so easy to become preoccupied, focused on the problems. But David strengthened himself in the Lord. He took his eyes off what people were saying, off, off the stoning that he was about to, to face, so it seemed. And he strengthened himself in the Lord. Have you strengthened yourself in the Lord today? I was thinking, how did David do that? And I'm sure one of the things that he did was he rehearsed the previous battles that he'd had in his life. As a young shepherd boy, facing the lion, facing the bear, and then later on, 
facing Goliath, huge battles, and then even facing Saul who tried to kill him with a spear and missed him, and again and again hunted him in the wilderness. And as he reminded himself of those things, he could feast on the faithfulness of God that God had brought him through before and he'll do it again. Uh, do, he would do it again. God has done it before for you and he will do it again. And yet in time of trouble, we, we can panic if we're not careful and we can become so focused on the trouble like rabbits in the headlights. We're mesmerized, we're stuck and the truck is coming towards us and we're about to get run over. And instead, we need to look up, we need to cheer up, and we need to trust the Lord, and we need to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. Thank God that the Holy Spirit is the one called alongside to help us. He's, he's the one living inside us, and He will be our strengthener if we'll look to Him. And one thing that we have to do, we have to begin to lift up our voices. As David began to strengthen himself in the Lord, I'm sure a song started to come out of his heart. You know, that's what we see in Habakkuk chapter 3. He talks about all the terrible things going on. He says, though the fig tree may not blossom, and he gives a whole catalog of things going wrong. And then in chap chapter 3 verse 18, he says, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Jonah in the fish, in serious trouble, he's down, he's out, and he says, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Salvation is of the Lord. And you know, when he did that, something changed in his situation. And the fish, the Lord caused the fish to vomit him out onto dry land. You may feel you're in that fish right now. And I'm bringing to you uh, something, yes, that is a sacrifice. It may feel like a sacrifice of thanksgiving in the middle of your situation to lift up your voice and rejoice when everything looks negative, when the walls seem to be closing in. But I would encourage you, just do the words of Jesus. Do what he commanded you to do. Be of good cheer. Take courage from him. Strengthen yourself like David. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. And just begin to rejoice. Yet, Habakkuk says, I will joy in the God of my salvation. I will rejoice in the Lord. Jonah says, I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Peter says, but rejoice to the extent that you share in Christ's sufferings. And part of Christ's sufferings was that pressure he faced through being a righteous man in this world, in this pressure cooker. You know, one time I was uh, meditating on some scriptures and the Lord said this to me uh, from Isaiah chapter 12 and verse 2, the Lord is my strength and my song and he has become my salvation. And the Lord said this to me, he said, you're only as strong as your song. So I want to encourage you, in the middle of your pressure cooker, respond respond to that pressure. In the middle of trouble, respond to the trouble. This is the hinge on which everything turns, that if you respond God's way, not only will you have the reality of trouble, but you will respond to trouble God's way, and the result of that trouble will be totally different from the result that you would have had if you'd followed that negative and downward-looking 
trajectory. And I want you to just uh, take this on board at the end of this message here, that there is a result of trouble. I see in very many scriptures that there's a, that there's a, 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 a gathering together of these three words, suffering, joy, and glory. There's trouble, and there's joy, and the result of rejoicing in the middle of trouble is a release of the glory of the Lord. In David's situation in 1 Samuel 30, you know, when he strengthened himself in the Lord, suddenly he was able to hear from God. And, and he spoke to God and God gave him direction. He got light about how to handle the situation. Shall I pursue? Shall I go after them? And the Lord said, yes, pursue, overtake, you'll recover everything that you've lost. You know, while we're looking down, while we're looking in, while we're down in the dumps, it's hard for us to hear from God because we're not talking His lang language. We're not tuned into His wavelength. But if we will respond to trouble His way, the result will be that light will break forth for us. Illumination for our path. We'll know what to do. We'll know the exit for our situation. We'll know how to get out of trouble. We've got to get out of jail free card that God gives us. I want to encourage you today to be ready for the troubles of this life. Don't think it's strange and respond to them the way that Jesus said. Respond to them, releasing the joy, the power, the strength of the Lord from within you. And then I want to encourage you, as you do that, you'll see God moving in your situation. You'll see God show up as David saw him show up in his situation, as Jesus, three days and three nights, he also saw the power of God show up in his situation. And through the anointing of joy, he too rose from the dead and came up. Hallelujah. If that's you today, take this to heart. Be of good cheer. Here comes trouble, but cheer up. God is with you. God is for you. And he will put you over. You can receive your healing. God wants to bless you with healing. And I've written this book specially and it's been published by Destiny Image Europe and it takes you step by step to the point where you can believe you receive your healing from God and then it tells you what you should do after that to continue in healing and health. I do encourage you to get this. It's 9.99 and if you order it you can receive this gospel booklet for free that will be a great help in witnessing to your friends. You can order by phoning 01865 515086 or by sending a cheque to Derek Walker, 363 Banbury Road, Oxford, OX2 7PL. The story of Abraham and Isaac is amazing and I've written a special book on it called Mount Moriah Golgotha in the Garden Tomb. It's for eight pounds. There's another book that relates to Jericho, Joshua's Jericho. It's six pounds. I encourage you to get it by calling 01865 515086.